0: Peter says I'm up with.
1: My only pushback on that was that I was trying to tell you how I was thinking, and you kept interrupting me and telling me how I was wrong.
0: <laughs> well, I, no, it wasn't that you were wrong. It's that you you d- hadn't met this last person. so this I, is like a continuation know, of the prior podcast. I know, but podcast. you were like,
1: you're like, you're wrong because you don't know, you don't have all the context. And I started up, I, I was like, you're right I don't have the context. <laughs>
0: all right. All right. I was a little mean on Peter on the last podcast, by the way, this is the venture capital podcast where you learn all about venture capital and how to get your own business funded. This is where, this is where Peter takes, you know, peels back the curtain. So you can say, this is actually what a venture capitalist actually thinks, which is very, very rare because the, the only people I know in angel investing or venture investing that say what they actually think end up walking away with a really bad reputation. And it's so like I'm here upgrade. to ruin my
1: reputation
0: for your entertainment. <laughs> no, to learn. This is learning. This is not investment advice. This is not legal advice. I'm gonna turn on QuickTime so we can do a screen share so we can see what Peter's looking at on my computer. So anyways, my background is I own codebase.com. I've got another business appointment.com and we put a pitch deck together for it. And we have tested it on multiple VCs, which I don't know if you think that's a good idea, bad idea. Basically, I look at VCs as a litmus test potentially for where are the big opportunities. So we went to a few different investment groups and pitched them completely different pitch decks to okay. see how would they respond. Okay. Because I wanted the confidence is if this is a pitch deck we run with, and I and we take a hundred meetings for, I want to feel confident and and like know what they're gonna ask, be prepared for them, things like that. Make sense? Yeah. Peter Harris from University Growth Fund is going to rate my pitch deck for appointment.com. Thumbs up, thumbs down. what's it gonna be? Now you need to forget everything else you've forgotten. So basically what you're looking on the screen is, We've got three things. Maybe I change one other thing. We put like a quick one minute video that we put together for Y Combinator. Yeah. We created a very loose, because again, this is like pre seed, pre revenue mm-hmm. pitch deck, um, what the service revenue would look like. And then we put our pitch deck together. Um, if I were to add anything else, I might put a page or two of the founding team, say, this is who we are. But first off, what's your gut reaction for the, de- and I called it a deal room.
1: It's a little thin, but I mean, what else would you like to see? I mean, for this state, like for this stage of the company, uh, I think like a product demo. Would okay, be good. Product demo doesn't exist. You don't have a product, Go so I can't get a product demo. So there's a, but oh. you could build something in like Figma or something and have like a short little video. But maybe that's what your appointment one minute video is. I don't know. You just keep talking. Just I'm just the, okay. Do
0: your gut reaction, and then I can answer any questions you have of why we do or don't.
1: I would also like so this is revenue estimate. I'd like to know cost estimate. So like, you know, full fledged projection budget. Okay. I think would be really helpful just to even know. like pre- even in a pre-revenue deal. Uh yeah, because you're gonna have
0: a lot of cost. By the way, one of your interns said this was good enough. So you know who I'm talking about.
1: Look, is it good enough? Sure, it's good enough. You want you want something better? I'm Ooh, giving um, you what I would want that's better. Okay, so we've got we've got both. But in here it's just Here's a high-level overview of... Like, I'm just saying, rate, like, like, other things that would be interesting to see, right? Okay. So some other things that would be interesting would be a budget that says, like, this is what it's going to cost us to build this, this says how long it's going to take, this is when we can start generating revenue, like, just so I have a rough, rough idea of, like, okay, what, what am I getting myself into? What am I funding here? Um, I think another thing that would be super interesting is if you had anything around customer validation. So okay. I know you haven't built a product yet, but you can do a lot of product validation and, and customer verification validation before you ever launch a product, right? So that could be like pre-orders, uh, customers like talking about how much they really want this product and they just can't wait till it gets launched. Some sort of like indication that like that opportunity exists. Maybe you have it in your pitch check, I don't know. Um, that could be helpful. Yeah, resumes on the, the team or uh, some other like that's one thing I've been debating. Write up or adding. indication of like who am I backing? Okay.
0: In the pitch deck, we have a one
1: page on who who's who's involved from a high level. Yeah, well, you may want to have something that's actually more detailed. Okay, because like I know you, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know your co-founder as well, mm-hmm. right? And if all I've got to go off of is like some pictures and like a little bio on the deck, like I don't know, that doesn't give me a ton of confidence. References could also be like really helpful okay what,
0: so, what would those references look like they just be like one pagers
1: from. So it could be either like a reference letter or it could just be contact info that says hey, go contact my former employer or whatever
0: right Okay And would you typically see something like this in Google Drive or would you would are you more accustomed to using something like DocuSend? Uh, I've yeah, I've used them all so Do you have a preference as a VC. Do VCS have a
1: preference? That's a good question. Um, personally. <laughs> I do not love all like the virtual data rooms that are out there because like I've got to manage like a zillion passwords and okay. I don't know. they're kind of a pain because they do like two factor authentication and they like re- half the time they're restricting what I can and can't download. and it's just a pain. I think Google Drive's great. I think Google, yeah Google Drive is great. I think Dropbox is great. I think Box is great. I think Carta is great, like whatever. But from my perspective, like, You know having a handful of things most important at this point, at this point is probably in my opinion your deck and your budget and then making it like super accessible so i can download stuff and manipulate it the way i want to right okay
0: so 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 far you're saying to summary the first part is google drive was fine you would have liked to have seen resumes and or references and you would have liked to seen some type of a cost exercise to say this is when you're going to start making money
1: yeah and what it's going to cost you to build the thing
0: right okay
1: so, because you're going to raise money because you need to cover costs okay, right,
0: to build it. By the way, if you are listening to the podcast, this is definitely an episode you'll, where you'll want to check us out on YouTube. So just go to venturecapital.fm, click on the YouTube link right there on the homepage, and then you can come and find this episode.
1: But all of that said, my intern is right. Okay. This is good enough. Honestly, just having your pitch deck at this stage of the company where it's pre-product is probably good enough, so... Mm-hmm.
0: I think a lot of at this stage still is more on reputation. Uh-huh. And if you're looking, if we were to raise right now, it would be probably more of a seed deal, especially in this
1: in this market. Mm. And It would be much more... It's going to be a pre-seed deal because you're pre-product. So. And it's really going to be based on like, do I like John and his co-founder? Mm-hmm. And do I believe that like this market is big? Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. One of the things we did, and I won't show you the video,
0: is with my co-founder, we got a video professionally done. Uh Do you think that's over the top or do you think it should just be, hey, here's me on my iPhone, here's our one minute summary,
1: and this is why we're going to crush it? I don't think videos are super necessary, honestly. Okay. We did a video. If you're going to do a video, then do it well. Okay. I don't know that you have to spend 10 grand. Oh, we definitely did not spend 10 grand. But like. Much, much less. But like, yeah, I mean, having like good
0: equipment. And Um, and maybe some background is just for you, again, watching, go to venturecapital.fm and appointment was an existing business we acquired. So in fact, one of the interesting things is when we pitched YC, that was one thing that appeared to throw them off. Mm -hmm. Why are you starting with such an expensive domain name? What's the history of the business here? Hey, this looks more of like a private equity deal than anything else. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, my honest opinion
0: is that- I want your dishonest opinion, Peter. Let's (laughs) Let's just be clear. I want to feel good. I want you to tell me I'm a winner.
1: You are a winner, and they were wrong to reject you, and they will rue the day.
0: (laughs) No, I was hesitant for pitching them in the first place because of. I think you should have crafted.
1: I think you should have crafted the story a little bit better. Okay. And anticipated, like, hey, yeah, I bought this expensive domain, but here's why, and here's how it fits, and like, blah blah Mm -hmm. blah, SEO things like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think they walked away saying, "Hey, we understood that you. We understand the reasons why you bought it. That there's 14 years of existing history." It's going to be so much easier to rank for the terms that you want to rank for. We recognize the branding perspective. I think one of the things that I would congratulate Y Combinator on is that unlike other VCs that I know personally, they actually came back and I think they said what they actually believed yeah. in a very lengthy email hey we're passing for these reasons but
1: you shared that email with me and i agree i i thought like that I was email away. was phenomenal I, I thought it was one of the best like rejection emails from a vc i've ever seen so okay kudos to white combinator for that now, granted, they get to say no more than most VCs do, but so. they're
0: interviewing thousands of companies. I know. Like when we did our, it's YC impressive interview, that they actually
1: like take the time to do it. Right. There was only two spots left when we got
0: in because I applied a month late. Because I'm like, do I apply? Do I not apply? Yeah. Um, Jared Rodman from Weave, who went through there, yeah, said it was a huge turning point for them. He's like, you should do it. I'm like, I don't know. The only thing that made it slightly more because it's an expensive deal. It's seven percent. Yeah. For 130k, that's yeah. super expensive. Yeah.
1: But you get a lot more than
0: 100K. But now they have like they have 400 companies that go through their portfolio, so it's not like originally when there were just 10 companies and you're meeting with like the CMO from Twitter and they're bringing people and you're getting like
1: really good. There still is a decent amount of
0: cachet though that's helpful. I don't know. The other interesting thing is some of my VC friends love it, and then some very poo-poo it. Yeah, but even the VCs that like poo-poo
1: it, like they're never going to look at it as a negative.
0: Never. Hey, you got into Y Combinator. This is a name. Oh, you suck.
1: Yeah. They're They're gonna be
0: like they're gonna be like, Well, I hope he's not entitled. But really like (laughs) like if, if I were to look at now having gone through the process, I know we're going down a tangent, if I was a VC and someone said they got into Y Combinator, I'd say you got through a seven minute interview. Yeah, but like it was the quickest decision process for half a million dollars I've ever seen in my entire life. We've never met you you've got a recommendation they didn't even ask the questions i thought they would ask
1: yeah but i think they do have a pretty clear cri- criteria i mean they're investing so early like you were pre-product right mm-hmm. so like honestly what do they have to go off of
0: i mean that could have been but then but
1: it, the things that they liked and they mentioned this in the email right is like business plus technical co-founders that have worked together right they loved that mm-hmm. big market opportunity right they loved that like there was a lot that they liked right okay and there weren't just enough like little things that they said nah. you're not one of our
0: 400 not you're one okay. of our 400 yet all right what do you want to see next what would you click on next as a vc oh i had 100 just open up the pitch deck okay and i'm going to go full screen so just so you know there will be a couple things in this that for confidentiality reasons we're going to hide but we'll talk about them um as much as we can cool slideshow Full screen. Full send. Okay. How's my title slide? It's fine. What what should change, if anything? Should I have like a unicorn galloping across as an as a emotion? Yes. Hundred percent. There actually yes. isn't a unicorn that my co founder put in in the uh financials. <laughs> I'm like this is
1: kind of weird, but I'm leaving it. That's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. Look, I don't I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on the cover slide. Should it have like a tagline on the cover slide? Yeah, you could put one on if you want. Give me, like, start subconsciously, like, driving me towards some sort of vision okay. of the future that you, you're you striving towards, right? Okay. Before we go any deeper. I mean, look, I look at this, and I don't know what it is. Like, appointment, and it looks like kind of like a Calendly competitor. Like, okay. okay, l- l- Like, let's see. But, I mean, I'll tell you, like, based on that, I'm already a little bit disinterested because I'm kind of like, eh, like, this place, that space is a little bit crowded, but. I'm curious to see what their, what their unique thing is. So interesting, interesting.
0: Cause also like this image is from our first pitch and the first pitch, when we went to the first to a private investor and then a VC was, we are going to be a Calendly killer. Yep. And the feedback that we got from Trent Mono, I think I can say this, I'll ask him, which I thought was pretty good on. He said, Hey, you know, Calendly having been around for as long as they are, has probably a huge market share. Definitely like everyone, you know, it's a very common tool if someone's going to use that tool. And he's like, I can't imagine how you could make anything better. Um, and brand alone is not enough in his opinion. Like and, owning appointment.com is not enough to, right. to be so different. his feedback, and I hope he's fine. We'll check with him. If we can share it. But I thought I respected him for that. Great feedback, I thought. Uh-huh. And, and again, if you're a VC, you want a clear billion dollar exit. And if Calendly perhaps has 50% of the market and they're worth three or 4 billion, how can someone else come in and usurp them? And our pitch definitely did not show that story. Yeah. And even if you do win, if you're a VC right now, you're looking for a company that can sell. If you're Andreessen, I talked to my friends at Andreessen. They're like, John, if this isn't a $20 billion plus opportunity, we're not interested. Funds these days are 20 billion. Yep. So it's true. one of the slides showed that we, this is how we get to a billion. It's tricky. Here's, Here's the hard part. We're either we're pitching people, and the pro- they're either saying the product isn't technical enough to get you to a billion plus, or it's too bi- it's too big, and there's no way you can make this happen, or they said it was too small, or it's like you're not you're not going big enough, and I'm like I'm like I don't know how to like juggle this one. We're either too technical or not technical enough, or too big of a product, or it's not a big enough market vision. So, anyways, we can go there. But so, I think we've got feedback. Any other feedback
1: here? No.
0: Do you like? This? I do agree with Trent.
1: And everything he said. but uh-huh. yeah, And
0: that's partly, we also made a pivot because we're like, hey, what do VCs, what are they thinking about when they're looking at this professionally?
1: Here's the other thing, though, John.
0: Okay. VCs are not that, like... Smart? Smart. <laughs> Is that what you were
1: going to say? Yeah. I feel like VCs are smart because they have a ton of smart friends. I mean, I think VCs are smart to the extent that they see a lot of things. I think you're definitely smart, so don't... And so... I did not call you ugly, Peter. <laughs> it's okay. You can call me ugly. But... I guess what I'm saying is, like, I want the entrepreneur to educate me. Okay. Like, I want, I expect the entrepreneur to know more about what they're doing than I do, if that makes sense. Okay. And I wonder if some of the feedback you were getting was like, hey, we're going to build a Calendly competitor, and then you, like, walked through, like, how, and the VC was like, I'm not sure I agree with that, and you're not providing enough information to me to convince me that I'm wrong. Okay. Does that make sense? hmm So... I don't know if that's helpful or not, but, like, I don't know. I, I approach these things as, like, I, I'm i here to learn from the entrepreneur. I can, like, pattern recognize a little bit, and I can see some things that have worked for others, and I can I can assess what risks I'm willing to take. But at the end of the day, like, the deals that get me the most excited are the ones where the entrepreneur has earned, like, mm-hmm. that secret, right? right? That secret knowledge is of, like, what is going to make this thing Something huge. you've talked about a lot. The
0: other thing that... Sorry. That um <laughs> I... No, I didn't say you talk a lot, that you've talked about a lot. The hard part I think I found for it too when you first start pitching. Yeah. I've been in the space, in the scheduling space for like four years. Yeah. And so when you're a technical person, you start thinking technically. Yeah. You think it you think of things differently than I thought like a VC would. Yeah. So had I were to do this again, I I was like, man, I've been here for four years. I know this. I should have realized that talking to people who don't know my space is gonna be a very different thing. And I probably should have done 20 plus pitches to smart people who don't know my space and my pitch to album or to trent probably would have been much different yeah Yeah. and that's where my overconfidence and being the the technician yeah i think i definitely fumbled
1: yeah fair enough yeah i mean sometimes it is hard right like you you can't see the forest for the trees right or then the question is how do you explain it to someone because sometimes i feel
0: like vcs ask really dumb questions and i'm like oh my gosh i don't know how to answer you're so stupid (laughs) so stupid but it's not just like like you're in the trenches so i'm like oh we've built another company in this space yeah we have this experience how do i take four years and put it in one sentence
1: so the vc is like ah is that is that fair yeah i think the bigger challenge that is sometimes vcs are a little arrogant right and they're they're not willing to admit that they're actually not that
0: smart i think the biggest question i fumbled with album is they said hey if we give you 2.5 million where do we get you and i definitely fumbled that question yeah because honestly, I don't know. And even though we've been in the space, this is- this But is still you should have unreal. had an answer for that. I should right? have had an answer. But it's, it's one of those things, had I talked to people who fundraise, like had I gone to like 20 friends who've raised more than $2 million, oh. they, someone there would have asked that question. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I would have been prepared for it and not been like, well, Calendly raised 500K and now they're worth $4 billion, So if we raise
1: $2.5 But again, million, this is where like I'd love to see a budget. Uh Uh-huh. Because if you had, like, put together a budget, you could have answered that question really easily. Right. be like, okay, well, look, it's going to cost us half a million dollars to build a product, and then we're going to spend, you know, a million dollars on marketing, and then I'm going to hire, like, these many, like, sales reps and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, right? Yep.
0: And no one talks about how, even though you're in the space, like, creating a pitch deck and creating a very succinct message. And, antici- and having succinct messages for all those random questions that will come. Yeah. This is an, an immense amount of work, even though I've been in the space for a long time. Sure. Sure. So here's, we created a vision slide. We created, what did we do? We are following- Open a th- table for business services. Is this still the vision? hmm Okay. I think this is what we've seen all along. But the question is, they're like, John, this is a small company. And then we're like, how do we explain it? Like The way we see it is scheduling is much more than just a link.
1: And right now, most services are, are there. Okay, so I actually don't like, I don't, I don't love this like vision slide because I don't, I, th- I think what the feedback you're getting is I don't think people understand or feel the pain point kay. here. I think what would be more effective here is educate me on what the pain point is. Okay. Right. So I don't know, like pick one of these things like, and tell me why there needs to be an open table for education. For appointments okay
0: good to go now sure can I go with medicine instead
1: go with medicine I don't care but this one.
0: week I needed to schedule a physical therapy appointment for my wife okay can't do it online I had to call multiple times I'm on hold for 10 20 plus minutes Yep. if I could log into a HIPAA compliance site and I knew exactly where to go to find the person I could see my my mark my, my reservation my appointment yep I could could have rescheduled I would have saved the doctor's office money yeah as well i would have saved 20 or 30 minutes probably okay this week alone because i had there was a a doctor's visit and there was
1: okay are you gonna pay for the the service or is the doctor gonna pay for the service the doctor the doctor okay so like no offense but i really don't actually care about your pain point then okay what is the doctor's pain point customers what do you mean customers Okay, so here, they they want more customers or they here, they're, they're tired of dealing with customers like John that call them up and like, "Hey, I got a dentist, I got to reschedule."
0: Here's my hypothesis. Yeah. No matter what scheduling tool a doctor or an attorney or a spa is currently using, yeah. if a new service comes online that can give them clients and has a brand that people are going to to schedule all their appointments, it's going to get critical mass. More and more people are going to schedule there. It's going to be easier to schedule there and they're going to lose clients whereas if they flip to appointment Mm -hmm. again
1: big vision that's why they'll switch here's a question how much does open table actually drive revenue to restaurants versus restaurants driving revenue to open table so i don't have great question i don't know because my understanding with open table is that basically what they did is they built software that allowed restaurants to manage the tables and the waiters and waitresses that were managing Mm -hmm. those tables and then the advantage of that was that because they knew how many tables were out there and who was working and who was covering those tables at any given time, then they could match that with like, oh, hey, there's an open table here. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make a reservation, you can you can find out about that and make your reservation and book that table. But like, I don't know anybody... That goes to Open Table hunting for restaurant opportunities. When I interact with Open Table, well, it's more like I'm going to Yelp, I'm going to their website or whatever, and there's an Open Table link that they use to manage their reservations.
0: Right. So let me ask you another question. So, so is like
1: the value add driving customers, or is the value add like both. helping them manage their
0: schedules? I can get there into another point in the slide. Okay, but I think I think the point there, there's two aspects. I see this as we're first and foremost. Solving the pain point of someone who wants to schedule in 2022. If I want to, if the last four massages we've scheduled as a couple, I've had to call in.
1: Yep. The, but why is that? Because there's a zillion like calendaring scheduling apps for specifically built for massage therapists. So when
0: there was an amazing podcast from the founder of acuity scheduling, Uh and he said acuity was losing in that a superior scheduling tool as an acuity, would lose to an inferior scheduling tool that was bundled with an existing workflow. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And that's why he's like, hey, we're losing. And that may have been partly what encouraged him to sell to Squarespace. And that Squarespace could create a really cheap tool. They could basically
1: take acuity and plug it in to their existing workflow. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that still doesn't answer the question. Like, why... Why doesn't the physical therapist, why doesn't the massage therapist, why do like, why do these people not, why are they not using a tool? I think the, they have,
0: they have a tool right now. I would say is a lot, if to an extent that all is built into their existing workflow, that's a crappy scheduling option, but it's not available to the public for scheduling. It's hard because you have to learn how to hunt and peck. Does my doctor have a scheduling tool? Do they not have a scheduling tool? So a scenario that that we had is I was feeling really sick one night like at three in the morning yeah and I went to my IHC app I said can I schedule I had to hunt around I finally found where their scheduling tool was hmm and then they virtually don't have any options so I don't know the actual answer is why that medical office you know you could schedule virtual but they had very few options and you know there might it's probably HIPAA why they want you to go through their secretary mm-hmm um, but if I had had a hip compliant option at two in the morning, I could have scheduled something for 8am. Instead, I had to wake up at 8am, call them, wait for them to answer for 10 minutes, being on hold, yep. get scheduled for some time later that day. And as a sick person, it just made a much more uncomfortable experience.
1: Now. And I get that. I get that. Like, this was a painful experience for you, I mean, but, but, the, but you're not willing to pay f- to solve it either. I th- no, but I think we'll have here's the hypothesis. Okay? Okay. Give
0: me the five, 10 year thing. Okay. Just like you go to other marketplaces. Like to what? Give me an example. Google Flights. Okay, I go to Google Flights. And you can see all the flight options from all from there. Okay. I think if something for scheduling existed. How like much that, revenue do you think
1: Google Flights generates for Google?
0: Google Flights
1: is probably very little, if none. Yeah, I don't think they, they make anything. There a, is there a portal where they do make a lot of money? Like um, that does generate a lot of income? Mm-hmm. Like where?
0: Uh Fresha would be one. Fresha focuses primarily on spas. I think that's primarily because spas. So people go to Fresha hunting for a spa. Yeah. Wait, are we giving feedback on the model or on the pitch deck? I feel like we totally walked away from the pitch deck, which is fine if that's what you want to do because I think people should be hearing what questions does a VC ask.
1: I think, look, the feedback from the, for the pitch deck is... You don't like the vision statement. I don't see what the vision is. Okay. Like I'm struggling to like you don't. See, I'm struggling to envision a world. Would
0: your life be easier when? When was the last time you scheduled an auto service?
1: Uh, like I don't know, like a year ago okay. with Tesla. With Tesla. So I open up the Tesla app. Okay. And I say I need a what about schedule service, about, and then it's like boom, like here's your options, pick okay. one, and I picked one. What about and for then your, they come your and pickup? For my pickup, yeah. Oh, and I uh for that, yeah, I give them a call. Okay. And then I'm like, hey, can you fix this? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then I bring it down and drop it off, right?
0: Would it be easier if you could go to appointment.com and have scheduled that and not had to make a phone call?
1: Potentially, but I don't know if I'm going to go to appointment.com or if I'm just going to go to their website When was the last and time expect you... to book something. Okay.
0: When was the last time you scheduled an appointment with UGF's attorney? I don't know. We, we email them. Yeah, so Quite you email, you have to wait a response for you know back. What if you want to set up a phone call? Yeah. You could go for your attorney, book it. If it had a workflow built in, yeah. it would be super easy for the attorney. Oh, here's the rate, they're already connected, here's the rules around I get that. Legend.
1: I no, I totally get it. But I'm what I'm what I'm disagree <laughs> not disagreeing. He's disagreeing. What I'm not understanding okay. is why would I go to appointment.com as a portal to do that versus just like going to their website to going to their calendarly. And I th- booking that same time.
0: I think, so it, the answer would be if there is one place where I know all of the scheduling services that that do virtual scheduling are there,
1: mm-hmm. my life is so much easier. I don't But have to, But that is a uh, huge lift because that's the other thing that like. Totally huge lift. It's an insanely big lift. That's and, the big vision. And, but the problem is, is that you don't offer very much value until you have massive coverage. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like no one's going to sign up for a music streaming service that only has five million songs. Mm -hmm. It's just not worth it. Right. Right. They're going to wait until they've got like 90 percent of the songs people care about before they sign up. Mm -hmm. But that's also why we're not leading with the marketplace.
0: Okay, But that's your long term vision. vision. Right. My long term vision is any service you want to schedule.
1: You can find it through appointment.com. And I don't have to. And you become a search portal.
0: And I become a search portal. Okay. I don't have to go to if I want to massage, I don't have to go to the website. I don't have to, I don't have to hunt for their scheduling link. If they don't have a scheduling link, I don't I have to do a phone call.
1: So really like in a way, your competition, like what you're trying to build is like Amazon for services. See that I think is more interesting okay. than an open table for business services. Okay. Sell me Amazon for business services. Okay. And now you're competing against companies like um, like if you you need a plumber. Thumbtack. Thumbtack, right? It's similar to Thumbtack, except for instead of Thumbtack, it's... Thumbtack is selling leads to else.
0: multiple individuals.
1: Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that you do leads. And again, you're having to wait for a response. But in a way, you are, right? Because what you're saying is like the way we are better than Thumbtack is instead of saying like, like, hey, I need a plumber. And here's like some details about my toilet that broke, right? And then getting like three different people approach you. In a way, you could build yourself into being like the trusted identifier of who's good, right? Mm -hmm. In some ways, right? If I go on and I'm like, I need a plumber. Okay, here's a plumber. And like you just say, like, okay, here's some plumbers and here's how they're rating. And I just pick the one I want and I can book the time I want. Or I could even search by like, I need this fixed like tomorrow or I need it fixed right now. When was it your last plumbing emergency? And like, boom, I can see everyone that's available. When was your last plumbing emergency? I don't
0: know, like a year or two ago. What happened? I don't know. I actually fixed most of my own plumbing problems. Okay, because you're too smart. But what do you think happens?
1: I think you're most people first, like they, like they, you know, they Google search, like plumbing, they call multiple, right. People. they call multiple people and they try to find someone that can come fix their problem at a reasonable price. That's going to, and be you're calling
0: job. multiple people where you could go to appointment.com and instantly say, Hey, here's someone is available. They do visits at 6am in the morning. That's their next visit. I, they've got a great reputation. I can schedule, I can pay, I can validate that this is a real person. You know, mm-hmm. non-refundable deposit. I'm mm-hmm. paying for the visit to come out. Yep. You schedule an at-home appointment. Mm-hmm. That would be an example.
1: Okay, great. Okay. So that is like what I would want to see. Okay. Does that make sense? So my vision slide sucks. Amazon for services, and you want to see the pain point. But do you see what I'm saying? Like how Amazon for services might be a better solution than OpenTable for business services? Because mm-hmm. Amazon it denotes this. Like I, like I go to Amazon to buy like all kinds of stuff. Right, and and this actually brings up a, a a valid thing that you you should consider that's a major risk, which is like you've got to convince people to change their behavior from yeah. Google searching, right? Plumbers or massage therapists or whatever, searching through the things, calling, right? Because that's the current status quo. That's how people are trained to act, and you got to shift them from that over to go to appointment.com and hunt for whatever it is, whatever service that you need to have done, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is not trivial, right? That's tough. But if you can do it, then you become like an Amazon. You become like a Google. You become like a place, a destination where people go, right? And uh, and I think that is actually super interesting. Okay. All right. Mission statement. We For,
0: what is it? What was the template? I think there's a, a Sequoia pitch deck template. And that's what we followed for mo- most of it. But when we've used it, some I feel like we get a lot of like feedback. I want to see this. I want to see this. I'm like, then what's all these like standard templates on here for?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, your temp, your your pitch deck should be like, help me understand and fill the pain point. Okay. Show me how your solution solves the pain point so that I get relief, right? Show me why you guys are the ones to like execute on your pain point or mm-hmm. on your solution. Show me like what traction you've achieved so far. What are your... Right, th- like, and and anything beyond that is like just personal preference on how you put it together. Okay. But Do, do you like a mission statement? Sure. I mean, it's fine fine it feels like your
0: vision okay right help businesses schedule 1 billion appointments by 2030 get
1: ten thousand business customers by 2028 okay cool okay uh, it doesn't like i mean here's the thing it doesn't do anything for me it's like okay cool like those are those are admirable goals
0: okay so big we, hairy
1: audacious goals
0: so this one this screen we're going to fuzz out a little bit but we basically what it talks about is that we acquired a domain code base users things like that uh-huh um, we talked about revenue I debated whether we should include any revenue or, or not because it's a, it was a, it's a, it's a current operating business mm-hmm. that is not revenue for the current model. Okay. And that we're not currently activate we're focusing on development, not growing that current revenue, current revenue stream.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So Did, what what's my takeaway here?
0: The takeaway is we're trying to show that there's traction and there's not just a fancy domain and that things are happening. We're showing things like Google Analytics numbers. So look,
1: I think this is cool, but I think it's too early in the deck. Okay. Where would you put this? I put it down. So remember my what I just walked through, right? Pain point, solution, why you, Okay. essentially, right? This is the why you. Okay. Right? Like you bought this domain. It's got a ton of advantages. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons you're going to like have a jump start and win. Okay. But to me, like this doesn't answer the question of like how you're solving the problem yet.
0: Okay. Okay. So here's our, our problem slide. And I think this is what you were looking for earlier. Yeah. How do we currently schedule for a point search for appointments? We do Google search, call voicemail, we hunt for scheduling URL, which is one of the things that you've talked about here, and ultimately we see it as scheduling in twenty twenty two is painful. Would you agree or for disagree? business services yes. or not?
1: What do you mean or not? Well, what is like oh rescheduling, but like just scheduling in general is mm-hmm. kind of painful for business services, right? Correct. Yeah, especially if you don't have a relationship with the company already. Um, okay. I think the other thing too here that, look, if what you really want to be is a portal, Mm -hmm. then I would also talk about how, I don't know, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind, the pain point you are trying to solve here is I'm the massage therapist, right? And there are customers I am missing out on because they call and I can't take the call. They try to book, they try to find the link. They can't find the link to schedule. My scheduling tool is not up to date. Right. And it's a pain to manage it and make sure it's up to date. So ultimately I turn it off because I've had bad experiences of people double booking or whatever. Right. Like there's all these like pain points of like me losing out, missing out on revenue that I could have if I had had a better scheduling tool. Right. Mm -hmm. And a better scheduling tool for customers to use and discover who I am and all of that sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is like Google was a great solution but ultimately, like you, you're running into all these problems. Like I do a Google search and I see a whole bunch of results, but I, like now I got to call each one, or I got to pull up each website, or I have to like whatever, and I then I have to spend all the time to figure out like when are they available, when are they not, and I end up, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm a business and I am available at that time, but I didn't pick up the phone in time, I missed out on that client, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think about my mom's uh, bankruptcy practice, right? Like something like this would be great for her because her problem is like people call in and she can't pick up the phone fast enough, right, to get them. And so she's she knows that she's missing out on people. And it would be better if she just had like the ability for somebody to like go see what her availability is, book their own appointment, right, and her schedule and, and go from there, right? Mm-hmm. So like I can see the value there. That's the kind of pain point that I want to see here is like like her like all the pain that she's feeling from missing out on revenue okay. because the customer experience sucks to schedule something. Mm.
0: The pain points a pain point on, on both sides. I'm curious, why does but, your mom not use a scheduling tool?
1: Um, or does she? She does, but I mean, it's not very good. Okay, all right? It is built in okay. to somebody else's process. Okay. But look, I agree the pain points on both sides, but only one side is going to pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I would approach it is like the pain point for the business owner is this. And the reason it exists is because the customer has this pain point. Okay. Got it. What are you laughing for? Next slide. What do you laugh? What's the laugh for? I don't know they like you like don't what? like my, my thoughts.
0: No, I think your thoughts are really good. And I think the more I talk about it and verbalize it with someone who's not in the space, it's always beneficial. And I think for the audience here, seeing them, like what's happening behind the kimono where you know it's a safe space. You can say the baby's ugly and I'm not going to like block you on Facebook or iMessage. You're not going to cancel me? I'm not going to cancel you. Okay. we put One a... tool to rule them all. Yep. So for the solution thing, we said one tool to rule them all. We feel like the solution- Get there rid needs of to...
1: OpenTable. It should be Amazon. Okay. And then
0: other services, CRM, payments, workflows, reputation management, things like that. Yeah.
1: Here's the other thing I think that's not here is integrations. Okay. Because to your point, what's happened is people came out with this like dedicated calendaring solution, right? For mm-hmm. business services, right? Okay. And other companies rolled in a simplified tool mm-hmm. and then customers were like, well, it's like, good enough. And so they ditch the other product, right? And part of the reason they probably ditch the other product is because the other product doesn't integrate well. It doesn't, you know, tie in with the other business processes. And so it's actually, even though the actual scheduling is better, the workflow part of it, which is way more valuable, is worse. And so they get rid of it. And so one of the things that I would be thinking about then is like how do you integrate into the workflow? Okay. Can you integrate with Great question, Peter. All these Peter. other companies. Would you like us to go to the next slide? That would be great. But it should be here on this solution slide. Okay. It shouldn't be on the next one. Okay. Right? I, it's, the question I don't is, know.
0: The question is, how much of the story do you tell and, and when? Because I feel like the, the challenge, the biggest frustration, I think, in pitching is some people are like, your idea is too small. It's too simple. It's never going to be big enough for us to be interested. It's never mm-hmm. going to be a billion plus. So then we, we show them the big vision. And then other people come through and say, this is too technical. You're doing too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do we win? We, we like it like it's this constant flip. Andreessen Horowitz said, you're thinking too small. Mm-hmm. And then I talk to someone at another VC fund and they say, John, look, you're trying this, to
1: boil the ocean. Yeah, you're trying to boil the ocean. Well, look, if you're trying to integrate with every single business service out there day one, yeah, yeah, the, you're but, boiling the ocean. But
0: the answer is simple.
1: Just tell what, me you're going to focus on a niche.
0: What's the top? Yeah. We, when you build, the way we look at this is we we build a freemium model. Uh huh. We start getting people on. And as we start, these niches start attracting. Mm-hmm. That's when we start building deeper in integrations mm-hmm. and workflows and phones and payments,
1: things like that. Yeah. But look, so, so one route is to like build the whole workflow. Mm-hmm. And another is it to integrate it with. Well, it'd be, existing it would be workflows. both, right? Yeah. In order to have a
0: marketplace, you need to remove as many barrier to, barriers to entry. Yeah, I agree. As possible. Yeah.
1: All I'm saying is here you've got the other services, which is building out the workflow. I would also include integrating with okay. existing workflows. All right. Ready for the next one? Let's do it.
0: All right. So this is where we where we try to show the big vision of like where we're ultimately going. And maybe we should show this one sooner is like when when I saw appointment and the reason I got excited is because I see this combination of things. I see there's a potential marketplace. Uh I see there's workflows where you can do SaaS subscriptions. Uh Um, And I also see like a network effect Uh where the more users you have, the more valuable the service can become. And I, from one of my prior businesses, Tiny Torch, I really like SaaS businesses where the user is incentivized to bring more people on board to get them in the app, and most SaaS applications don't have it. So if you said, like,
1: what's the one reason why I sprung on this opportunity, it was for that. Okay. So the I'm just trying to make sure I understand. So the idea is kind of like I'm the massage therapist. I list on appointment.com my services, mm-hmm. but then I also have an appointment.com calendar on my website mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And so people that find me through my website are using appointment.com. They get familiar with it, pulls them in. And now when they need the physical therapist appointment, they know that they can go to appointment.com to do that. And maybe they even have an account, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's where like you create real networks. Network effects is because it's like, Oh, I have an I have a, an appointment.com account. And so when I book with my massage therapist, or he has all my information, my name, my payment information, all that stuff, preset, and then when I go to book my um, my dentist appointment or whatever, it's got all of that same information there. And I just like click, yep, I want to book this appointment. I don't have to fill out their form all over again. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And I can see them all in one
1: place. Right. Well, I have the the ability to see it all through one portal or I can go website to website. Right. Mm-hmm. Either one. I mean, work. the way
0: I see this is we could also provide them an API so they could take the data and do what they want with their client data as well. Sure. Remove barrier entries so the businesses will also want to be on board. Hey, we don't like appointments processed. We've got our own process. Still allow them to connect.
1: Yeah. But like from a consumer perspective, like it would be nice not to have to have like 50 million logins Mm -hmm. to manage the same information, right?
0: Correct. So, And I could see
1: all of my upcoming appointments from one spot. It's Mm -hmm. not
0: like, hey, I scheduled like one of the new scheduling tools out there in the open table space is Resi. Yep. And when I go to Resi, I can see all of my... My upcoming like appointments
1: that you've booked through Resi, mm-hmm. but that you're I've not seeing the ones on Open OpenTable. Mm-hmm. But the advantage, I mean, the advantage disadvantage you have is like there are a zillion other calendaring apps that aren't going to like fully integrate with this. Mm-hmm. But if you can get all of the business services right, correct, and then you can push to calendaring uh, applications like Google Calendar and iCal and so forth, then it's fine, right? Mm-hmm.
0: You like this slide? You stole it from NFX. If you're familiar,
1: if you're familiar with, with yeah, it. of course you like the slide in here? I mean, it's fine. So you show, you like... have to do a lot of explaining for me to get it, though. Okay. I mean, I think most... The I idea think was... what would be better... Like, your slide deck is, like, super simple. Okay. And I feel like you could do more with just, like, a little bit more diagrams and stuff. Okay. So, like, for example, we the... just walked through this whole, like, workflow mm-hmm. and network effect that's going on, right? Like, show that to me in a diagram. Okay. Of, like, hey, here's Judy, and, like, she books an appointment with her massage therapist through the appointment.com widget that sits on her, their website. Right. And by doing that, she sets up this whole account. And then when she goes onto appointment.com cause she needs to find a plumber. Right. Boom. Like all of her, she already has an account. It's all set up. It's got her payment information, her name, all that stuff. And boom, I've got this network effect where that massage therapist just got me, uh, well just got my plumber a customer. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Like that, like all of a sudden, like, okay, now I can see like where these network effects are starting to, to play. Okay. I like it. And, and and the idea, right, is each additional business service or uh service provider you add adds more value to the overall experience of Judy, or your your uh, the person that's scheduling the different things.
0: Okay. I dig it. I don't know. I feel like you want me to say something, or you're All afraid right. that you've attacked me, and I'm upset.
1: No, I I feel like you're like just nodding, and you think what I'm saying is like okay, whatever you think, Peter. <laughs>
0: no, I think it's a good point. I mean, the challenge is there's so much that ultimately a pitch deck is one's ability to tell a story really well, mm-hmm. and to do that, it takes a lot of time. I hundred percent. It's and hard. And I think that was the biggest surprise because again, I was in the space for four plus years. Yeah. This lot, you know, you go to your first VC meeting thinking like I've got tons of experience. This is not something I've thought about in my shower for the last month and now I'm doing this. Yeah. And so I'm just taking it in. Alright. This was not a this is not what like my wife would say, it'd be like, Uh-huh, yes.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Okay. So this one the solution visualized Probably should be be updated
1: because I think this is probably more. This is more competition. More competition. And I feel like Solution Visualized would actually be like screenshots of your product. Okay. But or we, wireframes or whatever, right? But like that's like, all, like that's all getting create, built out. Create some sort. Yeah, but like, come on. Come on. I I could create something, right? Okay. In like like a couple hours that that looks close to what I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we started initially at the beginning was. Yeah, exactly. You got this, but now again we've pivoted so but you want to see look people like anchor to things so do you want them to anchor to something like this that they're not going to remember or do you want them to anchor to something like sexy and flashy and like okay something that communicates like what you're aspiring to okay all right so from a competition perspective um I don't think these are your competitors. Okay, why is that? Because I don't think of any of these as like portals. Maybe Booksy. So Booksy and Fresha both have Fresh portals, U. but they're wellness spa only. Yeah. See, I think really what you're what you're building is a portal that's powered by a calendar. Okay. So I would be looking at other portals for business services. I think your competitors are like Google. I think it's Thumbtack. Uh, Thumbtack. Okay. Yep. I think. Booksy, Fresha, uh, some of these others, I think, are also types of competitors. If there are companies that do what Booksy and Fresha do for other industries that are more verticalized, like plumbing and and electrical and stuff like that, like those would be interesting to put here. Right?
0: Okay, I thought another option was to list the portals where you can schedule specific types of appointments. Mm-hmm. Like, who does auto scheduling?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like
0: other, like vertical. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's
1: very few portals
0: most of the portals so you have got thumbtack but thumbtack is more of they sell leads yeah. you can't actually book an appointment
1: no but the pain point that you are partially solving mm-hmm. is discoverability correct which is, in which that is perspective, how google local
0: are. would be a competitor exactly. and thumbtack would be a competitor exactly but none of those and this is where general. you could
1: create like uh like a strategy map Right? So you have one axis that is saying, okay, this is scheduling. This is who we compete with with scheduling. And you've got companies that are super niche, like Booksy and Fresha, where like, yeah, they've got a scheduling portal, but they only are health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could have others where it's like discoverability, right? And you've got like the Googles of the world and the thumbtacks and so forth, but they don't do, sched- they don't do scheduling, right? Okay. And then you guys sit in this like holy grail spot where it's like we do both. OK, something like that, like would really communicate like, OK, portal plus scheduling. Boom. I get it.
0: Got it. I like that portal plus scheduling. OK. The okay. other big challenge, I think that in this model that we that we struggle with is when you see a marketplace, most investors see that is so unattainable that it's an automatic turnoff where I think if they realize, hey, we can make money whether we get to the marketplace or not. Mm-hmm. And we're a great business regardless.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that that v, that VCs currently get lost on. That's fair. And I don't really feel like you're communicating that pathway super well. Okay. I don't know necessarily how I would do differently, but okay. just my initial feedback is like, I don't I don't feel that.
0: I mean, this is one of the things, like the open table component for scheduling, that was something that came up probably a couple weeks ago. Hey, here might be a better way to explain it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, part of it might also be like, look, we're going to just focus niche by niche by niche and start rolling them up like why go head to head with booksy and fresha if they're already there why Mm -hmm. not build the portal for electricians for plumbers, for physical Mm -hmm. therapists for you know whatever it is right
0: yeah the way we look at is build a generic scheduling tool and as you get critical mass you can start measuring and then focusing your message and focusing your sales and and marketing efforts
1: yeah but usually you're not going to get critical mass because until you focus on one vertical, right? Because it's really hard to build critical mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but a lot of the scheduling tools are very generic. But what you're saying is like we build a generic tool, and then we go start testing it and seeing who gets the most value out of it, mm-hmm. and then we target them. Correct. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Okay. Next one. So we add we add a roadmap. So your integr- integrated phone system integrations here. Mm-hmm. Phase two things like that marketplace. We can win in our mind if we only ever hit phase one and phase two.
1: Uh huh. I think there could be a lot more here. but Like what? I feel like the challenge is we add more than we get told we're boiling the ocean. Well, when I say add more, I don't mean like add more phases. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like give me more details. Okay. What would you like to like, see? Like help me understand like what these exactly mean. And if you've already done that in prior slides because you rework things so that I have the better feel, then like tell me how big that opportunity is okay to you guys
0: the opportunity size for each space
1: yeah luckily we've got that but you'd like to see it on these slides sure
0: okay i don't know i'm just giving you feedback slide by slide so i I can't no this is great i think this is something that most people would never see which is again why we wanted to do
1: this for the podcast cool i think this is a really long episode that you should chop up into like three potentially part one part two part three
0: yep um the founding slide we're going to kind of like fuzz off there's more people we're going to like hide like Everyone who's involved because we could sign off one of the two. Um, but, but from this, we kept the team slide just like the, the founders mm-hmm. versus everyone who's involved. That's fine. And just positions. Yeah. Any
1: changes here? Uh, look, if you're pitching to me, mm-hmm. I know you both. Okay. Like, I know enough about both of you that I'm like, cool. Like, but if you didn't. But, but like, this is like this isn't like telling me anything I don't already know, right? But if you didn't know. But if I what didn't know, I'm going to look at this and I'll be like, never heard of Tiny Torch, Calendar, okay, maybe. Uh, I've heard of Adobe and Omniture. I don't know what he did at those companies. Okay. I don't know much about Codebase. So like, uh, like there's a bunch of logos I don't, okay. I don't really know much about. Now, what could be interesting is like Codebase scaled it from zero to blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right? Managing X number. Of it. Like, give me something. Right. Okay. Like a resume bullet point. Okay. For each thing as the like why I should care. If I don't know. And then ultimately, like this deck, this slide is all about like it's like getting me excited. Okay. About the team. Okay. That's your goal. And so like if you do it with logos and I'm like, wow, like he's got like people from all these like cool places that have done amazing things, like that's cool. So we were talking about the team slide.
0: Basically, I think that's where
1: people left off. So the podcast is gonna keep going.
0: But on the team side here, basically, you're saying you would like to see how big is code base? What's the revenue? How many people are employed? Why do I care? Yeah. Just give me some sizzle.
1: Some sizzle. Give me some sizzle. Okay. You'd be like, wow, John's legit.
0: Business model, paid features, just kind of a super high level payment processing, market pay, for for uh, new clients, CRM workflows, integrated phone system, reputation management. Okay. Any changes here? Or I feel like I feel like knowing what you'd say now, you'd want to say this is how big we think each market space is, or what's what's the
1: TAM or maybe, maybe not. You know what I actually would really care more about? Okay. Is any sort of validation that these are the right ways to price things and monetize. Yeah. But
0: how would you want me to validate it other than saying, this is what the market's currently paying for these type of features?
1: Sure, you could do that.
0: Okay, so this one, Andreessen my friend at Andreessen Horowitz, who's not a partner. This one's tricky because we were trying to show how we could become worth a billion plus. Then we pitched it to Andreessen, and they're like, "You're not even twenty billion. This is a joke." They did not
1: say it that way. I've got the text message. They said, "If you're not twenty billion, you're a joke." No, I I had a phone call. Yeah, I mean, but
0: this is a friend. So a friend speaking openly says, "John, fund sizes are twenty billion. They need to see that you could like, if you're that the winner, you need to return the amount of the fund." Yeah,
1: that's true. You got to be a billion dollar potential outcome. For Andreessen, but you don't need to raise money from Andreessen. And besides, that's baloney because I know other deals that they've backed. And I'm like, there's no way this is a $20 billion company potential. And they've backed them. So well, Okay.
0: <laughs> Initially, this one was we showed this how to become worth a billion dollar plus. So we said, if you look at the top, it shows number of business customers. Um, and we broke it down by MRR, ARR. And we said if for a little over 10,000 customers, business customers of multiple valuation of 17 mm-hmm. of revenue, that would put us over the billion mark.
1: So your ARR here, though, is a billion, right?
0: Uh huh. For if you're trying to become a billion, like
1: uh, if you're trying to become a twenty billion dollar company,
0: right? And then I the lo- some of the local VCs are like, John, you gotta you gotta cut this number down if you want us to share it or help or help you out, like if you want introductions. And but for Andreessen, Andreessen's like, I need to see you're you're like you're you're shooting big, but then again, they typically don't jump in until a deal is series B, right?
1: Dude, I would not worry too much about valuation okay i would just say and i wouldn't say like hey this is we were just trying this to sh- is like revenue yeah. opportunity i would say this is market okay just just have it as a market size
0: the market size for these things are x
1: yeah okay yeah and you could get granular right you could be like i mean if you wanted to approach this like niche by niche right you could say well like the plumbing space is this big and the blah 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 right so no, nah, i mean i think i would just approach this as like hey here's like the general market sizes for what we're trying to do here right thumbtacks t- thumb pit market size is this big, fresh is market size is this big or whatever. Mm-hmm. right. And I would just leave it as market size uh, because like if you're operating, like if you are a true portal for business services, this market is insanely big, and that's the only box you really need to check. okay? In my opinion, okay. And when you do this, I think the VCs are looking at this and they're like, wow, this is just wildly unrealistic. So I'm out, right? Like, I, I can't stand behind this incredibly. Well, I don't
0: right? know, I mean, I think for me, the big debate was people who are funding C deals look at this as being over the top. Andreessen,
1: if you showed, hey, this is how we get to a billion. But this is how you get around both of those is you just say like, it's a trillion dollar market. Okay. And then we like size it down for what we're gonna attack first. And it's like a $10 billion market. Right? Okay, um, exit landscape. So this is more of the scheduling landscape
0: where you would probably say we should focus on portal acquisitions. Yeah. Because like, honestly, um, what was Acuity acquired for? So I don't know, but from the, those are some of the numbers that we pulled from the podcast. Probably like a hundred million bucks or something. They said revenue was roughly 20, 25 million. And in the podcast, the founder said the percentage was about 40% net
1: profit. But how fast were they growing? Were they plateaued? I don't have all those numbers. declining? like. I know you don't have the numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like in my head, this is what's going on is I'm like, that wasn't, that probably wasn't a huge outcome. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's your number one thing of like, Hey, Acuity got acquired <laughs> by Squarespace and probably like, what was a fire sale? And that's why like, we're going to like, you should invest because we're going to be so awesome. Like Acuity.
0: But okay. I'm like, eh. right. So you would just say, Hey, here's the current portals and this is what they were what they're worth.
1: Yeah, and the ones that have been acquired and like. But I think also if
0: if we're doing a portal, do we even need a slide for exit acquisition landscape? Because people, I think when we were this slide came when we were talking about creating a scheduling tool for services. Yeah. So 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 just like a calendly competitor, and no
1: one knew like. Okay, so these slides are helpful if what you're trying to do is demonstrate like downside protection. Okay. Right, because you're like, hey, there's a ton of acquisitions occurring in this space, and somebody will buy us, right? But if you're so port- you don't have to like stress about it. Like there are lots of buyers for this. I right? think
0: the issue with the portal is if people can see whether you get to the marketplace or portal or not. Yeah. If you can still have a solid business off of workflows
1: and scheduling and CRMs. So the way I've seen this pitched is basically like, here's the big market opportunity, and like, ah, uh, if we hit it, we're gonna be like a trillion dollar company, blah blah blah. But even if we don't. Like this, this sector is ripe with people with acquisitions. Here's like a whole bunch, boom, 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 that have been acquired, and uh, and so you know, like we're gonna shoot for the moon, but if, you know we we're gonna shoot for the stars. But we end up landing in the moon. Like there are plenty of people to acquire us. And again, it's like protecting your downside. Okay. Uh, contact info. We'll uh, fuzz this one out.
0: Do you put it in a pitch deck? no, nah. I mean, you can. Sure. Why not? Do you put an appendix in a pitch deck? Yeah, but not one that I share usually. Not okay. one that I would share. Okay, so then we won't go through the rest of the appendix. So from this pitch deck, is there anything from other than what you've already said should be there or not be there?
1: I don't know. High-level budget would be interesting. Okay. Just so that I have like... And uh, there's no ask. The ask is... Right there. Okay, that's fine.
0: Is that a good breakdown? Tech, marketing, sales, operations, pre-market before this this current like recession we're in or whatever we're in we rate we put 2.5 we've scaled it back based on the current market Mm -hmm. although you'd probably say go raise 500k if you're going to raise it all right now
1: i don't know look if you can raise 1.5 raise 1.5 okay valuation is going to be tough but okay that's okay look the valuation is not actually going to be that much different now versus another point in time because you don't have a product yet so, product's getting built right now. So, so it's going to be, I mean, it's not going to make a big difference, right? The bigger challenge will just be harder to raise because VCs are sitting on their hands right now. So, how many VCs are actually funding new deals? I
0: heard Pelion today, and this could be a rumor. They haven't funded a new deal since February.
1: And again, that might be a normal time period. Mm-hmm. Or, is you know, I think a lot of VCs are sitting on their hands right now. How long will they sit Not on their hands for until the market stabilizes. when do you think that'll be six months it's gonna be like 12 to 18 months 12 to 18 months
0: yeah so funding do you think will be low for the next 12 to 18 months
1: yeah which is why all the vcs are telling their portfolio companies if you can raise anything raise it and cut 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 your burn so you can survive another 18 to 24 months okay it's just a just a tough tough market are you guys funding new deals we are yeah but your guys' model is very different from a standard Our model is a little different. We also, like, like, hey, you know, if there are good deals to be had, like, we're going to fund them, mm-hmm. right? So, And our model is different. Like, we don't take super concentrated bets like other funds do. So, um, you know, we kind of, like, sp- spread the love <laughs> a little bit. Awesome. And, like, if there's deals that are, like, coming at a really low valuation on a relative basis, like, it's a buyer's market. Why wouldn't you be buying? Mm-hmm. But, you know. The flip side is, like, we've turned away, turned down a lot of deals that um, maybe we would have funded, like, six months ago. Okay. Or just like, eh, too rich. Right. Not a good enough deal. Too much uncertainty around the sector. Too much, you know, whatever. How, how much valuation valuations gone down? Uh, well, okay, so public market tech has dropped, like, in some cases, 70%. Okay. Um, that hasn't caught up in the private markets yet. And I don't know that it will. I think what will actually happen is you'll have uh, extensions of prior rounds. You'll have bridge rounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may have some down rounds, but they will be moderate down rounds and you'll have companies go under, but I don't think you'll have like an 80% down round. I don't think that'll happen. I think the companies will just go out of business because they can't raise more money. Okay. Because like, look, if you take an 80% down round, I mean, the company's done, right? Like you just put all of your em- employees underwater on their options. So they're like totally wiped, right? The founders get massively diluted. Prior investors get dil- I mean, and then there's just like, nobody's excited about it anymore and the company fails. So, you know, in public markets, like you have a little more flexibility there because like, you can kind of come back from it. And usually by the time you're public, you're super big anyways. And so you hopefully have some staying power and some other things. Um, but in private markets, yeah, and and then there's also the incentives like the VCs they don't want to take an 80 percent like haircut on the the about val- their valuation because it'll like damage the returns and then they can't raise another fund and so like they're incentivized to do like a bridge round like yeah we'll just give you a little bit more money so you can survive through this and come out the other end and that sort of thing so like that's how VCs in the private markets tend to like deal with massive fluctuations in the public markets It's like ah we'll just bridge you until we get to the other side of it and hopefully hopefully things are better. <laughs> okay. About 12
0: to 18 months. Probably. Okay. Well, thanks, Peter. I know it's getting late. He came all the way from his home. You're an hour away. So we better let him get back.
1: Thanks for having me, John. It's always a pleasure.
0: Go to venturecapital.fm. If you want to subscribe to us on Spotify, on iTunes, see us on YouTube, and make sure you give us a six-star review. That would be greatly appreciated as we as we grow this podcast
1: make John famous. That's what he's here for.
0: Make Peter famous. That's why he's here. It's It's true. Fame and glory. It's true. All right. Thanks, Peter. See you guys. Ciao.